Katie. I'm Hannah. And this is One Kiss Means Forever. This is the podcast that discusses everything sensible and sensible about your made-for-favorite made-for-TV romances, but also discusses what is nonsensical and unsensible about (laughs) this made-for-TV movies. Did I say podcasts? No, you said romances. Okay, romances. Yes. About all of those things. <laughs> We've discussed both things because there's a push and pull in the universe. <laughs> it's a push me, pull you. <laughs> it's a push me, pull you. There is balance to Christmas. And that's what we're discussing. Yeah. <laughs> Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. <laughs> so, today we will be discussing a movie. From 2019, so this year, that aired on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. Basically, the quote-unquote drama version of Hallmark. Yeah. Sort of. Except, I don't know, like, this one doesn't feel like it necessarily had to be in... You I don't know. No, because I remember very specifically last year, they were like, if you like the romantic, whatever, the things that we usually do, it's regular Hallmark Channel. If you like the sappy, sort yeah. of magical soldiers coming home one, it's movies and mysteries but this year they have a third channel called hallmark drama and they also have hallmark movies now and it feels like anything goes <laughs> on all three of them yeah really. it's but it also it seems like okay after you can do one hallmark movies and mystery one hallmark channel one hallmark drama per season and then you can also do lifetime yeah which is really strange to me yeah but like you know Four or five movies a season? You don't think that's insane? <laughs> nice work and you can get it. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, so the movie we're discussing today is incredibly on brand for us. It is called Sense, Sensibility, and Snowmen. Yay! <laughs> so it's not Sense, Sensibility, and Sea Monsters. No. It isn't. Um, if, I, I, I don't know... If you, we've talked about it too much since our very first episode about how Hannah is my Jane Austen friend. Yeah. She's my Hallmark friend and my Jane Austen friend and... Yeah, we're Jane Austen buddies. Yeah, we are. So when we saw that this was on the docket, we were like, must do. (laughs) Yep. And I I will have to say, this movie, of all the ones that they do that are based on Austen, because it's like a lot. There are quite a few, yeah. Um... This one, I mean, it veered way off the path, but also stuck to it Yeah, more than others. It's a lot more on point than Pride and Prejudice and Mistletoe, but not as on point as Christmas at Pemberley Manor. Or Christmas at Pemberley. It was Pemberley Manor. Was it? Was it? definitely Pemberley okay. Manor. Was it? But, like, the one, the one I think that does the best is Sense and Sensibility, where sense has smelled like... All oh yes, sense and sensibility. Yeah. That one certainly stayed on brand. Yeah, that, anyway. that that one's fantastic. But anyway, so sense, sensibility, and snowmen. Dun, dun, dun. So according to Hallmark, this film centers on Christmas enthusiast party planners Ella and her sister Marianne, who clash with their client Edward, who is a not so jolly toy company CEO, and it stars Aaron Krakow. Luke McFarlane, and Kimberly Sustad. Yeah. Is it Sustad or Sustad? I, actually, I have no no idea. idea. Um, 
Ah, whatever. Nine lives of Christmas. <laughs> yep. She is kissed a Superman. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Hallmark woman about town, Erin Krakow, stars as Ella Dashwood, a party planner in Chicago, along with her sister Marianne, played by Kimber- Kimberly last name. Uh, they have been working together at their business, Dash Works, for about a year. Ella wants to expand and take on larger projects, but Marianne is hesitant and she doesn't trust that Ella is going to be around for good. Uh, Ella has gone through a bit of a flighty phase and has in the past jumped from job to job. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Luke McFarlane plays Edward Ferris. <laughs> Which I, I just... Uh, it's not Ferrers. As in the book, yeah. Yeah, it's Ferris, which is what it sounds like if you were to say it with an English accent. Ferris. Ferris. Um, a newly minted CEO of his family's toy company, Ferris Wheel Toys, which is charming. quite, it's charming and it's quite convenient that they do spell Ferris as in Ferris Wheel. <laughs> Save Ferris Wheel Toys. <laughs> uh, he is somewhat unsure of himself in his new role having recently taken over from his father and the company sales are dipping in this Christmas season. Mm -hmm. So, you know, things aren't going great. Um, But uh, he's going to try to save the company and he's going to do so by convincing European toy store chains to carry Ferris wheel toys. Yeah. They're like the Laurents or something like that. Yes, they're the Laurents, which I always think is funny because my... German colleague and his Hungarian wife named their son Laurent. <laughs> and I've never gotten over it because I'm like, neither of you can say it. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> They're international. So Edward's cousin, Brandon, who is a lawyer at Morton, Middleton, and Jennings, which are all last names in Sense and Sensibility. So Austin shout Yes, we appreciated that um, little insert there. Um, Brandon is dealing with legally making Marianne and Ella partners in Dashworks. It seems as though uh, they're transferring it from their father's name, I guess they passed away, mm-hmm. um, to them officially. Kind of an estate transfer. Yeah. So Ella, in all of her festive attire, she wears lots of fun scarves with snowmen and the like on it. Reindeer. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really, really sweet. Um, she's waiting for Marianne in the lobby when Edward shows up, presumably having been with Brandon since they're cousins. He, uh, Edward is a bit of a Scrooge, um, and she, he thinks that she's way too much in that festive attire, and she finds him sad and dull. But two people not having this issue are Brandon and Marianne, who are smitten at first sight. Yeah. They're like, hi. Oh, hi. Hi. (laughs) So the European toy store chain is owned by the Laurents, which we've discussed. Or I think they might say Laurents. They do. I think they say it wrong in the movie, but it's fine. Um, And they want to come and meet Edward before deciding to carry Ferris wheel toys. Because they want to make sure that, like... Edward, as the CEO, has, like, a good heart and, like, understands the spirit of Christmas. Because, you know, it's a Hallmark movie. It's Christmas! Because uh, they need to make sure they like him. Uh, so they arrive in Chicago, excited to do all things Christmas. Uh, because apparently Chicago Christmas is way better than whatever their Christmas is in France. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, so due to some bad press that Edward has had, he... 
and he knows that the Laurents have seen it, uh, he panics and just kind of like out on the street announces that, oh, we're going to have a Christmas party <laughs> because clearly you love Christmas and I want to sway you in my direction. Um, so yeah, he's like, yeah, we'll have a party. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. It's one of those business acquisitions where they make you believe that it's not the quality of the products, it's how well you impress me while we're having FaceTime. Yeah. Oh, it's 100% that. Yeah. If you impress me for no tangible reason that has to do with business. <laughs> right. I'm going to make all my decisions based on my gut. Yeah. So true. So anyway, that night... Um, Ella makes a pretty large mistake with their party, uh, like not confirming the band. Um, so Marianne is really pissed off at, El- at Ella. Um, everything is able to be salvaged, and um, Marianne is understandably upset, but Ella decides to go out and feel sorry for herself um, and uh, have a drink before figuring out what to do to make Marianne forgive her. Uh, so at the bar, she overhears two men discussing a party that they need to throw. Um, a girl is not so incompetent that she doesn't have business cards with her. Uh, but of course, those people are none other than Edward and Brandon. So while reluctant due to not liking each other off the bat, um, you know, Edward and Ella had that weird thing. Uh, Ella knows that this is a big deal party because Ferris Wheel Toys is a huge deal and that this could be the thing that helps Marianne not be mad at Ella for screwing up before. So Edward is somewhat out of options and we also have nine days to plan this huge lavish party. Uh, So Ella and Edward start to work together on the party but they are still clashing. Ella is clearly like a whimsical, I like inflatable balloons and lots of color and fun scarves. Um, While Edward is like tradition, 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 no patterns, no colors. They go to a Christmas fair tree lighting, I think. It seems like it should be a town tree lighting, but again, we're in Chicago, so... We're kind of in an alleyway in Chicago. Yeah, bizarre. Has so it has a Christmas market. Yeah, there's, so there's a Christmas market, and there's a tree lighting there. Um, and so Ella is there with Marianne. Edward has come with their Laurents. They, like, accidentally really meet up with each other. Um, and Ella saves Edward's ass when the Laurents are like, what do we do here? <laughs> and she... And Ella is able to give him the info kind of in a fill-in-the-blank kind of situation. (laughs) Yeah. It's real awkward. It's strange. She's like, you could go over to that table selling the uh, hot chocolate. (laughs) And if you'd like, you can stay for the uh, tree lighting. (laughs) Good job. But I feel it's even more leading on. It's like, this might be a good place to buy gifts for your children. Yeah. Like, very weird. It is very strange, but Edward's very appreciative of the help, because he's awkward AF. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> meanwhile, um, Ella agrees to watch Edward's assistant's six-year-old son for the afternoon, uh, for some reason. Um, Edward decides to join in order to learn what kids like. Uh He has a toy company, but he has no idea what kids actually like to do with toys. So they meet up with Santa. They build snowmen. Edward begins to lighten up just a little bit. And so now, uh, at this point, Ella and Edward are friends. Mr. Scrooge Snowman is melting away. (laughs) But Edward is still a Christmas novice, so Ella agrees to help him decorate his house so that the Laurents don't know that he's not usually into Christmas. 
Um, she then stays with him in order to help entertain during the Laurence meeting. She's also bringing her sensibilities to his job, and she thinks that he makes toys so he should know about playing and how kids like the products. He's hesitant as it was not how his dad ran his toy company, but Ella is quite convincing. Mm-hmm. Whimsy does that. Yes. So you might be wondering what Ella is getting out of this, other than presumably a good paycheck for the party planning bit. Um, since Edward is getting the party and a Christmas fairy... And work advice. <laughs> uh, but he is helping Ella prove that she's not flaky um, by helping her work out a business plan um, or really making her a business plan. Yeah. Um, and how, how to expand Dashworks in order to impress Marianne and, yeah. and make it feasible. Yes, he's bringing the, the business sense. Mm-hmm. So the day before the party, their venue falls through. Oh no! Um, it is not Ella's fault, but she still feels really guilty and very stressed. But she figures out that a great replacement for the venue would be Edward's house. Yeah, so she makes it happen. Uh, what should be a major plot point is wrapped up within the scene, because Christmas magic! <laughs> <laughs> so, at the party... It is clear that Ella and Edward are into each other, uh, but neither wants to tell the other one. Um, and at this point, also, Marianne and Brandon are like, yep, we're a thing. Yeah. We're dancing. We're a thing. Uh, and also, the Laurents agree to stock Ferris wheel toys in their stores. So, is all good? You would think all is good? Uh, no, not yet. <laughs> because... Edward goes to talk to his high school girlfriend, who is a current co-worker, Lucy Steele. And Ella misconstrues their friendly hug as them getting back together. And then she hears Edward tell another person who is on the board of Ferris Wheel Toys not to hire Dashworks because they're not right for, they're not suitable for his party. And of course, she doesn't go talk to him about it. She just goes... Well, he's an ass, and he doesn't like me, and I'm butt sore about it. <laughs> yeah, so not only did she uh, misconstrue something and not clarify one thing, but it, she did it twice. <laughs> all within about three minutes. <laughs> yeah. So it is Christmas Day, and Ella won't answer Edward's calls, and he does not know why. He is completely in the dark about what she's thinking. But luckily, Brandon knows and clears everything up. Yay, Brandon. Uh, Brandon was already going to go to Christmas at the Dashwoods' house because, you know, he and Marianne are a thing. Uh, so Edward decides to come along and explain things to Ella. Yes. So uh, Edward shows up with Brandon and he explains and Ella realizes her mistake. Um, but since Marianne and Brandon are around and, and kind of being nosy, uh, she and Edward go for a walk in the empty Christmas fair for some alone time. There, they realize that even though they were both hoping for a love that would be obvious from the beginning, in the like, oh, it's so easy with you and I love you immediately. They wanted love at first sight is really what they wanted. Yeah. Um, that they do actually love each other, though they say this in ways of like, they no they never actually say I love you. It's It's like... I just think you're fantastic. <laughs> you're swell. <laughs> so, 
so they kiss, and because one kiss means forever, they then spend Christmas and presumably future Christmases together. The end. The end. <laughs> yeah. Um, that whole misconstruing thing was pretty interesting because, like, um, the I, I think I got the sense when, when the guy asked about Dashworks and he goes, oh, no, no, they're not suitable. I'm like, yeah, he's probably a dick or something. And that ends up being what happens. <laughs> yeah. He's, well, because it is weird. Like, as a viewer, you're watching it being like, really, why did he say that? Yeah. Like, he has to tell her, but as an audience member, you don't know that it's a nice thing that he's doing for yeah. you. Yeah. Apparently he doesn't pay his invoices on time, so. <laughs> right. I thought... I thought they should have just ended with, he doesn't play his invoices. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, what what's on time? Like, within, like, is he a week late? Maybe that's fine. Is he, like, five years? <laughs> like, yeah, like, what, what are we talking about? Um, okay, so I, I know that we have a lot to talk about with, with this movie specifically before we even get into our segments. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing I feel like we really need to touch on is, is the characterization of Marianne and Ella in this film versus the characterization of Marianne and Eleanor in the source material. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I I agree. Uh, Really what what we've decided is essentially they swapped. Yes. It is apparent to me that Marianne is now the older sister. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And Marianne, uh, in Sense and Sensibility and Snowman, is, by the book, very responsible, um, super uptight-ish, reserved. Very reserved. Um, Yeah, so that's a thing. And Ella is very romantic and a thing outside the box and grand schemes and just whimsical, go with the flow, everything is awesome. In the book, Marianne is much more like that. Completely boy crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Eleanor is very reserved. She keeps to herself. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. So they, right. for, for whatever reason, they decided to switch these people. Yeah. But that's the only part that they switched. The only other thing I can think about is they said that, um, so Marianne did have an ex-boyfriend named Willoughby. Um, and she mentions to Ella that Ella never takes a chance on love. She never opens mm-hmm. her heart in that sort of way, which tracks for Eleanor and yeah. Book, but. Well, I guess what I mean is that the the personality switch is the only real switch. Like everything, Marianne, like in the book, Marianne dates essentially a, a Willoughby, and then she falls for Colonel Brandon. Right, like all of that is the same. It's not like Marianne and Eleanor switch parts. No, you're It's right. really just they switched sensibilities. <laughs> I'm not sure why this story couldn't have happened with the, like, if Eleanor was the older sister, or Ella was the older sister, who was really, like, focused and, and like, having to, like, corral her crazy sister Marianne. I agree. I, do, I don't understand what, why, what prompted the switch why it was necessary yeah. i don't know i honestly don't know i don't know um yeah so a- another few things that i feel like we should touch on um there's a lot of really great austin like tie-ins that they don't touch on enough yeah in I my agree. opinion so like 
like I was actually really upset that I th- at one point Marianne is reading a book and it's called A Road to Your Heart, <laughs> which I was like, okay. Um, and I didn't look up if that was a Hallmark movie. I probably should have. <laughs> but um, I it, like it, I think it would have been really funny if she was like reading Pride and Pre- Prejudice or something. And I feel like they could have done something with that. You might have groaned a little bit. <laughs> But, like, Morton Middleton and Jennings, like, they just didn't, like, it was, like, there and it, you had to notice it. Yeah, it was a little Easter egg. Yeah. And I, I which, like, I loved that it was there. It made me real happy. Yeah, you pointed it out. I had no yeah. idea. Um, but I did, it, that prompted us to, like, to go on the Wikipedia page for Sense Sensibility and see if we could spot any other names. And we, we know that, that story pretty well. Um, but I also really loved that Charlotte was the name of his assistant, mm-hmm. and she, her six-year-old son is named Thomas, mm-hmm. which is, yeah. Charlotte Palmer has a son named Thomas in that book. Yeah. I thought that that was really cute. They, I wrote that yeah. the SNS game, name game is on point. Yeah, because also they have a Lucy Steele. Yeah. Who is... Like, the, the person that's, I mean, it's definitely less of a thing in this movie, but is f- causing Ella slash Eleanor and Edward to not be together. Mm-hmm. I, I, they had mentioned at the end of the movie that Lucy was with someone. Like, she introduces Edward to her boyfriend, but I didn't hear if his name was Robert. I know. I really, I really wanted them to be like, nice to meet you, Robert, exactly. or something like that. <laughs> I didn't catch it if if they did do that, but mm-hmm. that might have been something they had. Yeah. Um, so there were a few technical things about this movie um, that really sort of bugged me. Um, the first thing I sort of want to say is whoever the makeup artist was on oh, this yeah. movie... I think needs to understand daytime and nighttime looks. It was bizarre. The women were wearing so much makeup at like breakfast time. Especially Kimberly Marianne. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But like her lipstick color, pretty much the, almost the whole movie, there was a couple times where it wasn't, was like a dark maroon. (laughs) Which looked great on her during like a party scene, but they're the, the, like in, in the bright sunlight, she, she looked sunburned. And yeah, they paired her with like white eyeshadow with this dark maroon, so she looked bizarre. really like, bizarre. Yeah. She she looked okay. I'm sure no one has seen this except for like my sister. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a movie called Return to the Blue Lagoon. So I do mean oh my the God. second one. Yeah, and she looked a lot like when the character in that tries to put on makeup. Oh no. That's really sad. But she, I mean, she did. She, like, you know, she had used, like, paint and stuff because they're living on an island and they don't have makeup. And it, like, it's jarringly, like, the lips are too dark. The skin is too, the wrong color. Yeah. You know, it just, like, was, it looks, it looks like a child did it. It's not good. Um, yeah, I, I was really concerned that she was going to get red lipstick all into the coffee and Fruit Loops that they were eating because they were <laughs> legitimately eating those things yeah. for breakfast. Yeah. So, um, the other, the other technical thing that really bugged me was, and I know you had a problem with this too, they had some major sound issues, um, where it really seemed like whatever words they were speaking were not the words we were hearing. Like, there yeah. there was a disconnect between the quality of sound of 
that we were hearing and then the movements of their mouth. <laughs> yeah, it, like cartoon it was, characters. Yeah, it looked really weird. And as I think you pointed out, you're like, it doesn't sound like those noises are coming from them. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It was really strange and really distracting and as if they weren't real people. Right. Well, also, on top of that, he is putting on a voice of some kind, I think. I don't think that's his real voice. He sound he sounds like, or he sounded like um, somebody who was trying to be, just have a voice that was like a little deeper than what he was comfortable with. Yeah. I'm going to try and do an impression. Okay, go for it. Uh, hey, this is my voice. I'm going to be Edward Ferris Wheel and we're going to make party toys. <laughs> and that's how they, I don't understand Christmas. I like spreadsheets. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was very much like that. And it, it did make me wonder is like, if he were to go home to his, wherever he lives and put on his real, real voice, no, nobody's listening. Kind Hi, of I'm Luke McFarley. Yeah. Like, I, I, well, like, no, I actually wonder if he has a stereotypical gay voice most of the time. Oh, is, is he gay? Uh, oh yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so he plays straight. Really he plays well. straight really well, but I wonder if he does actually, ha- like in in a natural way, have a stereotypical gay voice that reads more gay, and so he's doing something. That was the only thing I could come up with as to why he sounds weird. It doesn't sound natural. It sounds affected. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's really it's bizarre. Um, and then also her teeth just bother the <laughs> shit out of me. Like I can't. I spent a. a shocking amount of time being like why but her teeth but why and I know you think they're dentures and maybe they are but or they're veneers in some sort of way I'm not sure but she definitely always has her front seven teeth like out in the open while she talks yeah but also through her the top of her like she she has so much gum (laughs) like it's almost like you know, like, most people have their, like, center two top teeth are at least somewhat bigger than some of the rest of their teeth, and I feel like hers are all the same size. Well, it's funny that, I'm glad that you mentioned it, though, because I realized about a third of, like, maybe halfway through the movie that I couldn't stop staring at her mouth. It's hypnotic. Yeah. Like, it, her it, teeth it, are hypnotic. It's, 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 it's incredibly distracting. We should get to segments. Is there anything else that you... Um, in terms of... No, n- nothing specific. Yeah. Um, I mean... Elf down! That's all I have. <laughs> there were some cute lines. There were a few cute lines, I agree. Um, there were some weird set things, but we don't really need to go into them. That Like, the fact that his furniture disappears from his house. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is somehow very strange where she throws a party at his house where his furniture disappears, and then a few moments later, he's, like, calling her from his apartment, and everything is back where it was. Yeah, from his house, and everything's back. Yeah, he is is magic. um, Magic furniture. And, uh, it's... Oh, the other thing I thought was uh, very odd was that uh, his bad press is in the CEO edition of a magazine. (laughs) And I was like, the CEO edition? (laughs) What? I, I was actually thinking about that the other day because I think I have seen like like the power edition where they talk to like powerful people or like sure. you know, the artist edition. It's specifically it being a CEO is bizarre. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's weird. 
Uh, so, segments. We have a lot of them, I think. Hallmark Hallmarks. Yeah. Do you want to do a back and forth? Uh, sure, you start. Okay. So, there is initial antagonism between the two leads. Very unwarranted antagonism. Yes. It's about a painting. Yeah, they have... They, they, <laughs> did, they disagree about an abstract painting as to whether or not it's art. And then they, like, walk away from each other. They're strangers, mind you. And then he turns around and goes, I'm so sorry. Let's try again. I really like your scarf. It is very loudly festive. <laughs> and she's like, this is trying again. <laughs> also, okay. also, the scarf she is wearing is basically just like a candy cane. It's not like crazy. No, it's just red and white stripes. Yeah. <laughs> and then she insults his tie. So, yeah, you know. The hallmark hallmark I have, which is kind of stupid, is that I could argue that Dashwood is a Christmas name. <laughs> Dashaway, Dashaway. Well, yeah. Or, or, or Dasher. Dasher. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is a a story about a Scrooge and a Christmas enthusiast. True. Um, when they decide the party is happening, there's that, but that's only days away. I have that's only blank days away. Um, there is a Christmas market... And a Christmas tree lighting. Uh, and they have empty coffee cups. Sure do. They have to decorate the Christmas tree. And make snowmen. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, and there is an impromptu snowball fight during this time. Yes. And they make gingerbread houses. <laughs> <laughs> um, they. Uh, I also wrote down that Ella is of the Hallmark breed, where she has more time in her day than other human beings, mm-hmm. because she has time to help my, her sister run a business, plan a party, watch a child, bake cookies, <laughs> shop for scarves, um, and contemplate going to screenwriting classes in New York. Right. And and help Edward all the time. Yeah. It's very strange. Um, and then I also have, there was overhearing and misunderstanding things. Yes. The misconstruing of things oh i also have the moment where (laughs) want to buy this for your girlfriend oh i'm not his girl no she's not my girl no we're just we're just friends totally like (laughs) (laughs) where it's a stranger and they don't care (laughs) right uh, the last part I have was related to that where, um, and you called it actually, when as soon as you see a, a piece of jewelry, you're oh, gonna, he's yeah. going to buy that and give it to her later. And he did. Yep. And it was ugly. <laughs> it was a, like a, a snowflake. Weird, bedazzled smooth snowflake. Yeah. You might find it at Claire's. <laughs> yeah. You might. Uh, all right. Pretty so, parade. Pretty parade. I had a few. There's a part it, towards the beginning where... Um, Ella is trying to convince Marianne to uh, do more with the business. And, and she's wearing a very pretty, like, forest green tie shirt sweater thing mm. that I, I liked a lot. Um, and then, let's see. One, two, three, four. I saw at least five coats. Oh, that's a lot of coats. Yeah. By one person? Yeah. Erin Krakow had oh, at gosh. least five coats that she wore. Because she had a maroon coat, a green coat, a pink coat, a purple coat, and a plaid coat. <laughs> um, and then I also had an anti-pretty parade. I had an anti-pretty parade as well. And my anti-pretty parade is not the party, but is what everyone is wearing at the party. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote the party dresses were really bad. Right. Like, her party dress 
was very juvenile. <laughs> yeah, um, Ella is wearing a Cinderella blue, uh, sparkly kind of June. I, I said that she bought it in the junior section. It, um, it looks it. And Marianne is wearing a pink color, and it's a pink that doesn't go with her skin tone. No. Um, and it's kind of this weird, like drapey thing that kind of has like a plastic. Uh, U around mm-hmm. the neck mm-hmm. that is folded around it. It doesn't fit her very well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I did think to myself, like, could Kimberly Sustad be pregnant? Like, it. she was dressed as if maybe she was. Oh, yeah. But. Um, I, I, my other, I had a pretty parade where, with Ella's holiday scarves, because they were so cute. There was a candy cane one and snowman one and the the reindeer the, one. And the light up one? The light up one. <laughs> which was lit up when she opened the box, mm-hmm. which is a waste of energy. <laughs> that was all. Yeah. Uh, so the only person I thought was dressed nicely at the party was Lucy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought her dress pretty. was pretty nice. So. But, it, like, I was like, how is it possible that there's one person in this party of 100 people who, like, managed to put clothes on their body well? <laughs> Lucy does it all. (laughs) New and noteworthy? Um, My new and noteworthy is that they ordered a tree. They didn't go to a tree lot. And they had it delivered. Yeah, they did. (laughs) Just skip the tree lot scene. Right. It's like, this movie is going too long. We're going to cut it and say we ordered it. (laughs) (laughs) On Wayfair. (laughs) Or from Balsam Hill. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I also wrote that they used... What looked like real pieces of gingerbread with which to create their gingerbread houses instead it, it, of like the plastic, yeah, not, not plastic, uh, but and, the graham crackery by, looking ones. By gingerbread houses, do you mean the gingerbread chateau? Yes, it was a gingerbread chateau <laughs> that they made. Right. It's, I Like, they got first place in their gingerbread competition and it's this beautiful, huge chateau thing. And then second place is Marianne and Brandon and it's like a house that a six-year-old made. It was like, wait, what? <laughs> that was a really interesting scene because... Um, Edward and Ella are like, uh, let's try to do this. Oh, we're doing such a bad job. The icing is going everywhere. And literally the next scene is like, beautiful construction (laughs) of Chateau. Like, Frank Lloyd Wright created this place. Yeah. Also, it defied gravity. Also, the whole point of them doing this was so that, uh, like, Edward and Brandon could force Ella and Marianne to, like, talk to each other. So they split them up. To do teams against each other. It was like... (laughs) They're like, you guys are fighting and you should be talking to each other. So we're going to do... You guys are going to build Christmas Christmas houses, gingerbread houses, but not together. (laughs) Um, Did you have a supporting shout out? No, everybody sucked. Everybody sucked. I agree. I think my supporting shout out went to that little horse that they were playing with when they were playing with toys. (laughs) Straight from the horse's mouth. Or maybe it's that box that was like, this is this, this one? This one. <laughs> <laughs> what Hannah is talking about is they were decorating for a party, and um, Dashworks has a lot of assistants, a lot of people who, who work with them. And there was this one scene that opened between two of the assistants, you know, decorating. They're working really hard, and one guy just picks up this giant, um, gaudy, like, green-wrapped prop box and he goes this one and the woman's very serious and goes yeah that one (laughs) and it just seemed really stupid and arbitrary (laughs) it was yeah it was cute right all right kiss meter oh jesus i think you should go first (laughs) 
I gave it a five. So, um, so Aaron Krakow, they have their moment and Aaron Krakow like does this little like passionate swoop in thing that applies it's going to be a really good smackaroo. But then they have this like tiny little lip touches. So it's like swoop, swoop. Like, lots of, like, lipping. Lipping. Like, they're just kind of, like, uh, they're, they're little birds <laughs> with, their, with their lips. Um, it's really strange, because they have a really great connection, and you think it's going to be good. But the tiny lip brushes were, like, really skeeving me out. Like, they were eating the lip balm off each other's <laughs> lips. Um, so how that equates to a five, I'm not sure, but that's what it is. Well, I also gave it a five. Oh, okay. Cool. Because uh, I said, if this was a, like... Like, buy him off to work, peck. I wouldn't have had a problem with it. But because it was supposed to be in a, a passionate, like, I love you kiss, it, I, it, he, the, the weird pecky was, like, bizarre. Yeah. All right, Hannah, <laughs> would you watch this movie? I think I'm landing on a no. <laughs> Which I feel very sad about, because I was mm-hmm. very excited about it. Uh, I don't think it's, like, the worst movie they've ever made. I don't think it's awful. But I think there were too many things in it that, like, bugged me and pulled me out of the movie. Yeah. For me to, like, want to ever sit down and watch it. And it was just, like... Yeah, it was It was just too many, like, no's for me to overcome. I think that's a good way to, yeah. to say it. Too many no's to overcome. Um... I wrote, this is what I wrote. I am a little disappointed. I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> um, uh, I, I'm, gonna, I'm falling in the no category too. It was a really smart idea um, when obviously the people who wrote it know their Austin really well. It's f- filled with really cute little Easter eggs and I liked how yeah. they used the, the, the names yeah. and it honored it very well. Um I honestly really wish that I had seen the Brandon and Marianne story more than the Ella and Edward yeah. story because oh, 100%. they were really very awkward and cute and lovely just like Edward and Eleanor are yeah. in, in Sense and Sensibility. Yeah, I, f- I felt like that was a more interesting, like, and I, th- I feel like that's why I was annoyed because I was like, no, I want Edward and Eleanor to be Marianne and Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> So, and I agree with you, it's just another one of those movies where there's way too much happening and everybody is a caricature and yeah. I don't understand anyone's emotional motivation, so it didn't connect for me. So, yeah. I'm going to say no to. Yeah. I want to say that we did watch A Christmas Love Story. Yeah. And that one, we both, <laughs> we, we tweeted it rather than made it an episode, and that one is 100% watch that one. That one's great. I think that, yeah, you're absolutely right. We should note this because for those of you who don't know us, maybe, you're like, why do you keep doing these podcasts and watching these Hallmark movies if you keep saying don't watch it? We love them. Sometimes they're great. Even if they're terrible, we still like to watch them. But Hannah is right. A Christmas Love Story, which was a Hallmark Hall of Fame that uh, premiered this year, too, with Kristen Chenoweth and Scott Wolf, was really good. (laughs) Yeah, like 100% would watch again. I I loved it. Uh, def- oh, definitely. <laughs> I, f- I feel like we've done a lot of like, no, not this one, but that one. So because we're not going to do an episode on it, that one I want to make sure everybody hears that it was good. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll 
also Christmas and Evergreen is always really fun. <laughs> so there's a lot to watch. There's there there were some really cute ones. Um, we liked Gift to Remember too. We like Cinderella Christmas. Oh yeah. Um, it's not like we haven't liked anything. That's definitely not. But I mean, it's that is one of the problems with these movies is it's a little bit of like, can you find the diamond in the rough? We talk about the sense and the sensibility and the nonsense and the unsensibility of these movies. And that's what we do here at One Kiss Means Forever. Yeah, so, you know. The podcast. So, uh... Continue to follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter will continue into the rest of the holiday season and into through the new year, past the new year, into the rest of 2020. Um, and uh, so follow us on Twitter at One, one Kiss, Kiss Means forever, forever, where the one and the four are numerals. <laughs> uh, you can do the same thing on Instagram and Facebook. And you can also send us an email at One Kiss Means Forever, where everything's spelled out just like it is in your podcast feed. Uh, and again at Gmail. Yes, and a big thank you to uh, Flint Pastures. Yep, for our intro and outro music, and you can find his stuff on Spotify and SoundCloud. Yes. Woohoo! Uh, so thanks for listening. We really appreciate you. Get to know us if you like. We want to get to know you too. Woohoo! Yes, we do. <laughs> Have a happy holiday, everybody. Happy holidays! Bye. Bye. Bye.